그래서 13절까지의 말씀입니다 <웃음> 다 보실 수 있을지 모르겠지만 성경 있는 분들은 피시고요 어, 앞에 계신 분들은 이 스크린을 봐주시면 고맙겠습니다 제가 어, 9절부터 13절까지 선포하겠습니다 예수께서 거기에서 떠나서 길을 가시다가 마태라는 사람이 서간에 앉아있는 것을 보시고 말씀하셨다 나를 따라오너라 그는 일어나서 예수를 따라갔다 예수께서 집에서 음식을 드시는데 많은 세리와 지인이 와서 예수와 그 제자들과 자리를 같이 하였다 바리스파 사람들이 이것을 보고 예수의 제자들에게 말하였다 어찌하여 당신네 선생은 세리와 제인과 어울려서 음식을 드시오 예수께서 그 말을 들으시고 말씀하셨다 건강한 사람에게는 의사가 필요하지 않으나 병든 사람에게는 필요하다 너희는 가서 내가 바라는 것은 자비오 희생제물이 아니다 하신 말씀이 무슨 뜻인지 배워라 나는 의인을 부르러 온 것이 아니라 죄인을 부르러 왔다 Matthew chapter 9 verse 9 through 13 Listen now for the word of the Lord As Jesus went on from there He saw a man named Matthew Sitting at the tax collector's booth Follow me, he told him And Matthew got up and followed him While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house Many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come, not come to call the righteous, but sinners. 오늘 주시는 말씀은 제가 영어로 먼저 설교를 하고 그 다음에 한국말로 썸머리를 하겠습니다. I'll mainly preach in English today and then summarize the entire message in Korean. So those who uh, cannot understand English, please be patient with me. 한국말을 이해하지, 영어를 이해하지 못하시면 uh, 조금 기다려주시면 제가 한국말로 썸머리를 하도록 하겠습니다. We sort of know what to expect during the Christmas season. Uh, especially as Christians, our expectation about Christmas is very typical, right? It's, it's a celebration of a birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Thus, we share our joy and peace with others by decorating Christmas trees uh, and exchanging gifts with each other. We love Christmas. It's the end of the year. It's the season of celebration. And I'm pretty sure the young kids, you receive lots of gifts from your parents, your friends, your grandparents. That's good. And this is true. And there's nothing wrong with this expectation and celebration. We, but we do really know, uh, do we really know what does it mean to celebrate the birth of Jesus? Unlike other gospel stories, Matthew's story begins with genealogy. And now the question is, why? Why would Matthew start his writing about Jesus Christ with genealogy? He must have a very specific reason for starting his gospel story with the genealogy. So we want to look up uh, the genealogy of Jesus Christ in Matthew 1 and try to understand why would he start his gospel message uh, with this. Matthew chapter 1 verse 1. This is the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now, two facts that Matthew had to prove about Jesus, uh, that one is that Jesus must come from the line of David. Uh, that's the prophecy that the Old Testament has uh, put it on. And then the second one is that Jesus had to be an Israelite, uh, a Jewish uh, person. Uh, he has to be a line of Israel, descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, Jacob, later on, God changed his name to Israel. 
So the purpose of starting this gospel message with the genealogy is somewhat clear. Matthew wanted to prove to his audience, which was mainly uh, Israelites, that Jesus came from the proper line, uh, uh, Messiah line, uh, line of David, line of Abraham. That's why he started the whole genealogy as genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, son of David, and son of Abraham. But the question is, uh, if that was the only purpose he had, then why would he add more names in his genealogy? He should just move on to verse 2, the story of Jesus Christ. But he didn't do that. He had more names on the list. And Matthew, for some reason, included someone that Jewish people are not so proud of in the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah. This is unusual because ancient historians who wrote about kings or noblemen's genealogy had a very specific goal in their mind, that is to glorify their family, glorify that person. So they usually put all those famous and well-known people, proud people in the genealogy uh, family line. So if there is anyone in family who disgraced the family name or who didn't do anything special, didn't make it into the genealogy, uh, they intentionally avoided those names because they don't want to be remembered as a shameful family. So ancient genealogy uh, in Matthew's time is mostly about someone famous in their family lines. Even today, that's true, right? We don't want to put anyone's name, anyone shameful or anyone unworthy name uh, in our genealogy. We want to take out their names. But the interesting fact about Matthew's genealogy today is that he included some uh, of unworthy, not so proud of people as well. So I'm going to just look through those names and try to understand why would he uh, list those names. In verse 2, Abraham is famous, that's good. Uh, was the father of Isaac, Isaac father of Jacob. You know, that's a part that they, they all understood. But here, Jacob, the father of, the most proud person in that family was Jake, uh, uh, Joseph, not Judah. But he put it as Judah and his brothers. Now, Judah and his brothers, they fought a lot, not so proud stories that they have. Why would he include this name in there? In verse 3, Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Now, Tamar is also not so proud name. It's kind of PG-13, maybe rated R. So if you're interested, ask your parents. Or you can just look through the Bible to understand what happened to Tamar and Judah. And Perez, the father of Hezron. And Hezron, the father of Ram. And next name is also very interesting. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. You know who Rahab is, the prostitute, not so proud. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was also Ruth. Now, Ruth was not an Israelite. Ruth was a Moabite woman, which the Israelites hated it. And Obed was father of Jesse. And here comes the most famous story of David that he didn't want probably uh, to describe in genealogy. And Jesse, the father of King of David. And David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. He included four women in the genealogy. Just place yourself in Matthew's time period. There were no women's rights whatsoever in that time. This is a male-dominant society where women are considered a part of men's property. So women's name is not considered as worthy as you know, men during that time. So they usually exclude women's name on the genealogy. So as soon as you see these names of uh, a uh, woman, uh, you naturally question to Matthew, why would he include these four women on the list? 
In fact, if you want to include woman's name on the list, you know, you could have someone else like Sarah, which is, you know, wife of Abraham. Or you can include Rebecca or include Esther, uh, which is the, the queen uh, of uh, the famous kingdom. But they, Matthew didn't include those names. But he included all four names, which are very, very shameful names. The reason why he did that is because Matthew exactly knew what this Christmas is all about. He was a tax collector, and he was a math major, I assume. So he was very smart to figure out what the story of the birth of Jesus Christ is. The Christmas story is all about this, and he wants to make sure that his point is clear from the, uh, from the beginning of his gospel story. These women on the list that he put it up, those four unworthy or shameful women are the point of the story that he's going to tell. The birth, birth story of Jesus Christ is a story about light coming into darkness, a story about true forgiveness where the world only knew about condemnation and blame. Those women are the point of Matthew's Christmas story. They are the story of Christmas because Jesus welcomes everyone. Jesus welcomes everyone. For Matthew, people like Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, or Uriah's wife are his kinds of people. Jesus' kinds of people. Because Matthew was also one unworthy, a shameful, a sinner who needs unconditional forgiveness and grace. And Matthew is part of this unworthy list of Jesus Christ, just like you and I. And Matthew's story goes like this in Matthew chapter 9, verse 1 through 8. It's interesting that he started off this genealogy in chapter 1. He talks about Jesus Christ. And then chapter 9, kind of middle of his story, he comes, he introduces uh, himself in this story. When you look at Matthew 9, 1 through 8, this is what happened right before he introduced himself. Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, came to his town. Some men brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven. You, you probably heard about this story before. And then the story goes like this. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But I want you to know uh, that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat, and go home. Then the men got up, went home. When the cross saw this, they were filled with awe, and they praised God and who had given such authority to human beings. Now, the story tells us about the, the, the whole point about Jesus is to forgive our sins. Jesus forgives and Jesus has the authority to forgive sins. It is interesting that this man never said, please forgive me, or please welcome me, or Jesus, you know, accept me as who I am. But Jesus welcomed him no matter what, and he forgave this person to illustrate one point, that is, Jesus came to save and forgive. Jesus came for the sinners. Jesus came to forgive. And, and Matthew as he remembers Jesus while he was writing about the stories of Jesus Christ, he knew exactly he was also a sinner who needed to receive forgiveness. And that's why right after this story, story of forgiveness, 
Matthew introduced himself in this way. As Jesus went, went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. Israelites, the people of Israel, hated tax collectors. Tax collectors are those who worked for the Roman empires. The government hired them to collect taxes from Jewish people, and, and tax collectors had all the authority to demand those taxes on Jewish people. So they charged the tra transaction fee, just like the credit card. You know, when we use the credit card, the transaction fee is there. They charge that whatever amount they want, and they get a lot of money from their own people. That's why the Israelites hated the tax collectors. So for Israelites, uh, there are two categories of worst people, the hated group. One is called the sinners. They don't like the sinners. And then they have a separate category called the tax collectors. But that's how much they hated them. But to this hated tax collector, Jesus comes to him and invites him, welcomes him. Jesus welcomes the tax collector. That's very, very unusual. No rabbi at that time had done that before. That's against the law of Moses because of the worst sinners of all time. No rabbi should associate with tax collectors, sinners, or any kind. Not only Jesus invites Matthew to follow him, but Jesus also goes into Matthew's house. This is also interesting because going into the sinner's house is against the law, against the Moses law as well. And then not only he's going, he went into his house, but he had a meal with tax collectors and sinners. Again, you cannot share a meal with unclean people. That's the law of Moses, but that's what Jesus said. Look at the next verse. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, Many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Why does he do that? Well, because Jesus welcomes everyone. We know that story. We know Jesus welcomes everyone because he came to save us and forgive us. And this is what Jesus said. On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. This is one verse that you can use, youth group kids, uh, elementary kids. You can use this verse to your parents. Whenever your parents try to judge you or hone, you can say, Jesus said, I desire mercy. Where is my mercy? That's the one time you can apply this. Jesus came and said, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, meaning not worship, meaning not, you know, Sunday worship or uh, Christmas worship. Worship is good. We have to worship God and glorify God. That's the fact. Yes, we have to worship God. But Jesus said, it's not about worship. It's about mercy. It's not about praising God in, in the most amazing way. But it's about forgiving and welcoming everyone into the kingdom of God. And here comes the highlights. And Jesus said after this, remember this, the, the forgiveness story there, and then Matthew, tax collector, Jesus invites the tax collector. And then the highlight of his invitation is this, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus came for them. They are Jesus' type of people. That's the point of Christmas. 
It's not the healthy who needs a doctor, but the sick. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Can you hear the voice of Jesus today? The reason you are invited to this place is not because you're worthy or you accomplished something or you're, you're well-mannered or you're you know, worthy enough to be here. No, none of you are worthy. You are here because you're sinners. And because we're sinners, God welcomes us all through the blood of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And because of that, yes, I'll conclude. <laughs> Here's the conclusion. Jesus had a few shady characters in his family. Very shameful names. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Uriah's wife. In fact, not only those names are shameful, but Abraham, idol worshiper, David, uh, and he was not that great. And all other names up there are not worthy at all. And Matthew knew that exactly. And Matthew placed all those names in genealogy to make this one point. Jesus welcomes everyone. These kinds of people are Jesus' type of people. Jesus came for these people. Not only Jesus loved them, but Jesus came from the genealogy of these people, unworthy people, sinners. He came from their blood, just like all of us. And therefore, all of these people are invited to the Christmas party, the kingdom of God party, the Jesus party. The Christmas party is not only for the churchy people, you know, the churchy, holy type, Pharisees, or religious leaders. No, it's never about religious leaders or churchy people. It's for everyone, especially for sinners who don't know about this good news of Jesus Christ. Everyone is welcome because Jesus welcomes everyone. So, if that's the whole point of Christmas, then you and I, we also have to follow the same command and same character of Jesus Christ. We should never exclude anyone to come to our church or anyone to come to our house or, or to us because everyone is welcome in the name of Jesus Christ. You are also invited to this Christmas party. We are invited because we're part of the sinners. Those kind of people, Jesus type of people are who we are. So why Christmas? What's the point of Christmas? Remember what Jesus said. Jesus said, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So if you confess your sins, if you confess I'm a sinner, God, that means God is opening up his welcoming door to all of you. And God promised if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just. He will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you believe that, I want you to confess your sins and just confess that I am a sinner. So Lord, welcome me. And Jesus will welcome you to eternal celebration in heaven. This is where our hope starts. And this is the gospel message. Jesus came for us, not for the righteous, but for sinners like you and me. You and I are the point of Christmas story. So let's tell the world, let's tell our non-Christian friends 
they are always welcome to join us in this amazing Christmas party. Amen. 마태의 이야기를 보면 어, 왜 마태가 마태복음을 예수님의 복주, 어, 족보로 시작했는지 잘알수 있습니다. 그것은 어, 좋은 어, 족보가 아니라 어, 넣지 말아야 할 이름들도 가득 찬 족보로 알수 있습니다. 어떻게 보면 지우고 싶은 이름들이 굉장히 많이 들어가 있다라는 것을 알수 있습니다. 그런데 왜 매튜는 어, 마태는 그렇게 족보를 기록했을까요? 그 이유는 간단합니다. 크리스마스에 초대된 사람들의 이야기에는 어, 죄인들이 가득 들어 있기 때문입니다. 마태복음 9장 9절에서 13절을 보면 예수님이 마태를 부르는 장면이 나오는데 예수님이 마태를 부르는 장면에서 그전 이야기는 죄인을 용서하는 이야기고 또 마태를 부른 다음에는 예수님이 왜 마태를 불렀는지에 대한 설명을 하고 있습니다. 그래서 그 부분만 잠깐 보고 우리 마치도록 할 텐데요. 마태복음 9장 9장에서 이렇게 돼 있어요. 예수께서 거기에서 떠나서 길을 가시다가 마태라는 사람이 세관에 앉아있는 것을 보시고 말씀하십니다. 나를 따라오너라. 그는 일어나서 예수를 따라갔다 예수께서 집에서 음식을 드시는데 많은 세리와 죄인이 와서 예수와 그 제자들과 자리에 함께 했다라고 되어 있습니다 이때 바리세파 사람들이 이걸 보고 이렇게 예수님께 얘기를 합니다 어찌하여 당신들 선생은 세리와 죄인과 어울려서 음식을 드십니까 이때 하신 예수님의 말씀이 오늘 이 크리스마스의 포인트를 설명해주는 말씀입니다 그 내용이 바로 이거죠 어, 건강한 사람에게는 의사가 필요하지 않나 병든 사람에게는 필요하다 너희는 가서 내가 바라는 것은 자비요 희생제물이 아니다 하신 말씀이 무엇인지 배워라 나는 의인을 부르러 온 것이 아니라 죄인을 부르러 왔다 여러분 믿으십니까? 예수님이 이 땅에 오신 이유는 의인을 부르러 오신 것이 아니라 어, 교회 생활 열심히 잘하는 사람을 부르러 오신 것이 아니라 훌륭한 삶을 살고 있는 착한 삶을 살고 있는 사람을 부르러 온 것이 아니라 죄인을 부르러 왔다라고 분명히 얘기하십니다 그리고 그 죄인 한 명이 회개하면 천국에서 잔치가 벌어진다라고 설명해 주고 있습니다 우리는 그 잔치에 초대된 사람들입니다 그리고 그 잔치는 바로 이 크리스마스 잔치입니다 예수님이 오신 그 유일한 이유 모든 사람을 환영하고 그 모든 사람을 예수 그리스도의 이름으로 회개케 하려는 그 목적 하나로 오셨습니다 그러므로 여러분 크리스마스는 우리가 예수님의 그 오신 목적을 올바로 이해해서 우리가 주님 앞에 죄인임을 고백하고 용서받는 날입니다 또한 내가 죄인이기 때문에 다른 죄인을 정지하는 것이 아니라 그들도 품고 환영해 주는 그 날이 되어야 할 것입니다 왜냐하면 크리스마스는 크리스마스 파티는 믿는 사람들의 잔치가 아니라 모든 사람들의 잔치여야 하기 때문입니다 여러분 믿으십니까? 그런 날 우리가 이곳에 모였습니다 여러분 모두가 월컴입니다 초대되었습니다 그리고 여러분 꼭 기억하시기 바랍니다 크리스마스 is for everyone especially for sinners like you and me and everyone is welcome Jesus welcomes everyone 우리 한번 다 같이 한번 이 마지막 구절을 Uh, let's, let's read this all together And if you read it really loud and clear I'll end it here Otherwise, I'm going to go over the message again Ready? Begin Everyone is Jesus Good, thank you Appreciate that Let's pray 우리 기도하겠습니다